This is the final whistle on Ocean FM and after an hour of golf chat on the eve of the 2023 West of Ireland Championship at County Sligo Golf Club, we are changing tack because this weekend the Football Championship begins and tonight we are broadcasting from the home of St Mary's GA Club in Sligo, Kent Park in Ballydugan. And our thanks to St Mary's for hosting our Connacht Senior Football Championship preview for 2023. Three big games coming up this weekend. Saturday, 3 o'clock, McGovern Park in Royslip, London against Sligo. Then it's a late one at Gailey Park in New York because there's softball finals in the afternoon. So 11pm throw-in Irish time for New York against Leitrim on Saturday night. And then if you haven't had enough of that, Sunday at 4pm in Castle Bar, the small matter of Mayo against Roscommon with Porrick Joyce and Galway taking notes in the stand. So we're going to talk about all of that and a lot of other football bits and bobs connected to the Connacht Football Championship or maybe football in, in, in general. And with us here in St Mary's GA Clubhouse, we have five wise men. Immediately to my left is a man who was part of the first ever team to win the unofficial All-Ireland Club Championship in 1968, the team was St. Joseph's in Donegal, the amalgamation of Bundorn and Irua. They were an ele- a legendary football team, you could argue the Corafin of their day, back in their 60s. He won two Ulster Senior Football Championship titles with his native Donegal. He won four Connacht Senior Football Championships with his native, with, I say his native Mayo, his adopted Mayo. He led Mayo to two All-Ireland Under-21 titles. And 20 years after winning his first county title with St. Joseph's in 68, he won his last with Castlebar Mitchells in 88, Martin Carney. Thanks, Austin. These intros are going to be very long. I'm going to have to shorten them down. To his left is a Sligo man, arguably one of Sligo's most... Well, not arguably. He is one of Sligo's most decorated footballers. All-star winner in 2002, a member of the last Sligo team to win the Connacht Senior Football title in 2007. Eight Senior Championship County titles as a club player with his native Torla Strand. Then he won five as a manager and lots more besides. He's managing Mohill this year in Leitrim. They won the league title in Leitrim last year. They were beaten by a point in the Championship final last October. So he's back again for more. Eamon O'Hara. And to his left is a Leitrim man. He was a member of the 1994 Leitrim Connacht Championship winning team. He's been in London managing Cheer Connell Gales to two championships there and two league titles. He managed Leitrim alongside George Dugdale and he was part of selection teams and a deeply, deeply ingrained GA man. The one and only Barney Breen. I need sheets of paper for this next man. Double All-Ireland winning manager in 1998 and 2001 with Galway. He managed Salt Hill Nocknacara last season to the Galway County Final. They lost to Moy Cullen. He managed Leitrim to their historic 1994 Connacht Senior Football Championship. He had two stints as Mayo manager, 1988 to 1991. They got to the All-Ireland Final in one of those years. And again in late 2006 to 2010, and that's only the tip of the iceberg, John O'Mahony. And I've nothing at all to say about our last guest. He's a Roscommon man. Um, he is still the only goalkeeper in senior inter-county football to score a goal, goal and a point in the same match. It was in 2004. It was against Sligo, I think. I don't think it's been beaten. But he... On a more serious point, his, he made a senior inter-county debut for Roscommon as a forward, if I'm right. Um, but he won an cl- All-Ireland club title with St. Bridges in Roscommon under the current Mayo manager, Kevin McStay. Um, he's a very shy, retiring man, so be gentle on him. Shane Curran. Gents, you're all very welcome. Seeing as we're here in St. Mary's GA Club in Kent Park, Park Ballydugan, apart from you, Eamon O'Hara, have any of the four of you played here at Kent Park, either for club or county? 
Uh, no. Or managed here. Or managed here. No. I, I would have played here, I think, at a kind of club. Right. And I also managed the club here for two years. 2009 and 10, I think it was. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So you're... Uh, very, very uh, enjoyable time here, I must say. Very nice people and always great to be back. Good man. Good man. Okay. I had forgotten you had managed St. Mary's. Mm. Okay. I was actually at the county final last year. I met the boys again. So it was very... You know, the minors had a great win, but... Unfortunately, the seniors just came short, but I think there's good times ahead here. Yeah, Gents, does it take a bit of getting used to talking championship in April, Martin? I suppose it does, but it, it is what it is, as the old cliche goes, and we've known this since last year, that it's, it's going to start on the 9th of April. And uh, basically, you just got to kind of go with the flow, so to speak, and get used to the fact that over the next few years, you're going to have a championship season going from the beginning of April to the end of July. Uh, I don't want to be too critical of it. It's, it will seem strange not having championship football in August and September. But I want to first of all see in practice how it actually works out before I'd actually be critical of it. Like what seems to be quite extraordinary, I think when you start looking at the, the sums and the nuts and bolts of it is that, you know, for a team to get to an All-Ireland in all, prob- in all probability, it may, it may have to play eight or certainly nine games to get there. And in other words, it's a case of having nine games in 16 weeks. And that's a very, very exacting, um, shall we say, schedule for a team. And it'll just be fascinating to see what are the unintended consequences of all this as it evolves over the next couple of we- uh, 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 over the next few months. But I think it's later on when we have nothing in August and September that the old kind of, shall we say, aches and pains will come in and maybe the criticisms will start then. But I wouldn't like to be critical of it until I first see it in action. You were on commentary duty for Midwest Radio at Crow Park as Mayo won the Division One National Football League title. Mayo fans must be sitting on their hands with excitement at the start of this championship, given... What's happened so far this season? Uh, the, the, there's no doubt about it. There's an expectation there. I have a very good friend in, in Castlebar, a taxi driver called Jared Dunn. And I remember meeting Jared. I'm an early morning person, half six. I, I walk the dog and Jared's an early morning person. And I remember before the first uh, league game against, I think it was Galway on the 24th of January, he's uh, him pulling up alongside me and saying, we don't need, uh, we won't be expecting much this year, you know. And that was the general prevailing mood in Mayo. There wasn't an awful lot of expectation. There was a sense that I think the thing that kind of, I suppose, overrode everything at the time was the fact that Oshin Mullen had gone to uh, Australia and Lee Keegan had actually kind of decided to hang up his boots after an illustrious career. So people kind of saw everything through those glasses rather than looking at the broader picture. But Kevin McStead, who is eternal credit, he has brought in a lot of new lads, take the two cornerbacks last Sunday, Jack Coyne and Sam Callanan in the corners. You take, for example, the relocating of Conor Loftus to centre-half-back. Personally, I couldn't see that at all because I've been up against Conor Loftus in the last few years. I'm a selector with the Castlebar Intermediate team and we played cross the line a few times. And, you know, he was playing midfield, but he was unremarkable, I thought. But Japers, he's excelled like at centre-back. I would never have seen that. And then kind of relocating Aidan O'Shea into full forward and giving him a new lease of life there. Again, for many people, they were of the opinion that's where he should have been all along. Personally, I didn't see it that way. I always felt his presence around the middle of the field was his optimum position. But no, he's proved me wrong, and I, certainly he has been a success there. We have plenty of Mayo people in the audience tonight. I see Johnny Nealon and TJ Kilgallen, among others. John O'Mahony, at this stage in your life, do you get weary when you hear all this giddy whisper and chat about, this could be Mayo's year, they looked the part, this this looks good? Uh, I get weary of too much hype, definitely, because I don't think it's good for, it hasn't been good for Mayo over the years. Uh, but I, I, I get really excited with the big, you know, with the coming of the championship. We used to be able to say one time you could smell the championship when the grass was cut. It's hardly, it's hardly cut at all at this stage, the way it's starting now. And I think coming back to what the point Martin was saying about the, the season and the calendar, I, I think there's going to be, have to be a readjustment. There's no, there's no way that, that, that we should be going straight from National League winners to 
Mayo playing Roscommon next week, or, and I think is it Wicklow and there's you know there's some, and Sligo obviously as yeah. well uh, playing championships. So I, I think that there will have to be a readjustment, and I think a reasonable readjustment would be that the All Ireland will be played mid-August and give a little bit of breathing space to the to what was more. I mean, it's people have said it's split season and clubs needed to get access to the players and I, I agree with that but it, to a certain extent it's it's actually harder on the players because I know in, in Salt Hill last year we had four players on the panel and we, we, we had them f- for the first time you know they, w- they lost the All-Ireland final the following a fortnight after that we were playing the first round of the championship and they needed to get away for a few days we gave them a few days away and the first time we had them at training was the Tuesday night so and they went right through to October and the Mike Cullen lads uh, went wins right to within an ace of beating Glenn to get to the semi-final. So it's really, really compacted. So I think, but that's maybe some of the tweaking that's needed. I, I, I'm not sure, like back in the day in 98 and 01, when we were playing, winning All-Irelands at, at that time, and, and and remember Galway's a hurling county as well, so you had every second Sunday, and all of the lads played for those years, played all of the league games and all of the championship games. So it was possible in, in the old system as well. But let's let's see. Yeah, and here's the point I want to put to all of you, because nearly all of you are, are managers or coaches or, or have been or are. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I know people are saying it's not fair on Mayo having to go straight into their championship after playing a league final. But yeah, coaches tell us all the time, matches are, are the most valuable currency we have. A, a match is worth five training sessions. So in... You know, on that logic, should it not suit Mayo to be playing week after week? I would agree with that to a certain degree. Um, to take Martin's point, and he said about eight games over a period of 12, 13 weeks, that's coming on the back of seven games in 12 weeks of a league without any break. Yeah, we love playing football, but recovery and the miles that some of these players are putting up now is, is astronomical. Uh, recovery is focused all the time. Um, for you to improve from your Sunday, you're expecting obviously to do a recovery on the Monday. You're obviously doing video as well, and then you're choosing that you're trying to put in plan in place for your next championship game. So, time the de- the demand of time is so much on players right now. Um, even though they might not be training as much because it's all the focus is recovery and getting it done right. So, anyone that gets it right has a very very good chance, and that's where the focus has been. What I have seen, particularly. What's like on Leitrim is that you try and get your fitness levels up early doors. You play your games, you maintain your 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 fitness levels. If you're not in the league, you know, in that shake up, and you find yourself say say if you can actually didn't change your block of training. So, to 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 to, to prepare for championship, uh, so it's it's a real juggling match, and I think it's hard to judge it right now because we don't know what the consequences will be. But I would fear that the county players coming back to their clubs will be at, you know, melting point at that at that stage, and their performances. We'll be judging them on their performances, and I don't know will that performance be be there. Okay, so it sounds like we'll need to go through a season or two of Absolutely. this format to discover what's wrong with it. Yeah. Well, I, I, well the, the other thing I think that um, this year's championship is different to last year's. In other words, they're going into groups of th- four. Yeah. Both in Tolch and Cup, and then so does it. It is it, did it move from something like sixty games to ninety eight games or something like that. So that's going to be. This is the first year that that'll ha- happen. To be honest, I I think the overall thing, uh, if it's left as it is, it'll prove. If you remember, the back door came in in two thousand and one, and we took advantage of it that year. Uh, but it was the stronger teams that took advantage of it over the years. Tyrone, Kerry, well, all won all Ireland's, as well as ourselves, through the back door. Uh, and uh, I think that this new system that we have this year will help the teams with the deep panels of 40 players as well. Because remember, Dublin have won Division 2 without Jack McCaffrey really having much of an impact. They have a few other players to come back and you know, other t- the stronger teams, no disrespect to Sligo or Leitrim or Wicklow or whoever, but they do, may not have the depth of panels that, that the, the, the stronger teams have. So two things that I suppose were, were brought in to give more football to, to, to weaker teams, in fact, benefiting the stronger teams. Sure. We'll talk about the weaker and the stronger teams in Connacht in just a moment. Uh, but Shane Curran... 
Is there any point in Roscommon talking out on Sunday against Mayo? Of course there is. But just to, to, to go back to the points that has been raised in the first, first question, the elephant in many of the rooms now at the moment is the difference between the teams that are smaller, larger, and the amateur and professional. The professional teams, the larger teams, the guys that are able to afford the time off, that are facilitated through their work practices or whatever and supported by benefactors or county boards or employees are the teams that will become stronger in the future. The reason the Southland Cup was, was brought in is probably to facilitate counties that are at the other end of the scale. And there's probably a need for another cup after the Southland Cup, but maybe two couldn't have been brought in, uh, in in the one go. And going back to the club player now, the bottom line is your inter-county footballer is a professional Gaelic footballer for 12 months of the year. But he's the club is suffering because he, all, of his, all of his effort and much of his effort and his concentrated effort is put into county football. And when he comes back to his club, he's either spent or he's just he's washed out. He doesn't have the energy. And if you look at the likes of, you know, many of us follow uh, probably professional rugby, and we follow uh, inter- uh, soccer players in England and managers in particular, and you hear the likes of the Klops and their tetas and all that, and the, the, the pressure there are on even professional players. They've got to turn up now every week. So the Mio's and the Dublins, they can afford to like the, J- the Jason Doherty's didn't play, the Kevin McLaughlin's with the deeper squads, as John alluded to. They're going to get better and better, uh, and there's no doubt about that. But they're also more professional than anyone else. They're afforded far more rest. And I think, you know, we we all know that there's a there's this currency in the GEA. We all know that managers, that everything really involved around the GEA now is about, about payment, physios, so on and so forth. It's time we actually had a serious conversation about what we're going to do with players going forward. Because... They're expendable. They're like cattle in a mart now in many counties. They've been ran. They've been ran ragged, and they're not being supported. I think, in the way that they should be supported, for that period in their life where they're given so much, whether that's to Sligo, what Leitrim, or Dublin, or Cork, it doesn't really matter. So, are you suggesting some form of semi-professionalism here? Well, it's here. You know, it, it it is there, and I think if you if we ignore that any longer, it, it's only, the gap is even going to get wider and wider and wider. If you take, I think, you know, I remember when I back, back started playing and TJ Kilgallen is in the room tonight at the Mayo as that John would have managed. There were all, well, most of these lads were either married or they were very, very settled in life. But nowadays they're all very, most of them are playing cigarettes and football, a lot of them are inter-county footballers, or they're at a period in their careers where inter-county football is the only thing they can actually do. I don't think it's possible now to hold down full-time jobs and be a competitive inter-county footballer. If you're not getting rest and recuperation, you cannot play football now because it's all, it's all, it's, it's incessant. And the way the championship is going to change over the, over the few, next few years, it's going to be more games because television is going to drive, drive all that. The kind of championship will be, and all the, 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 this is the first phase, I think, of you will see the, the, re, the provincial championships being kind of phased out. We're gone into a Champions League style uh, competition now where I actually think, going on to your second question, Roscommon, as a smaller county with a squad that haven't as many players as the Mijos, could, be actually, could benefit from actually being beaten on Sunday and you go into your pool games with, with a little bit more fresher. I don't think we can sustain or be, cap- or be, be uh, competitive in a system where we have three games in Connacht and then we're straight into three more games in a very, very, which will be a very, very competitive uh, last 16. Okay, we've gone very deep very quickly. But Barney Breen, would you would you have liked to have been a professional Gaelic footballer with Leitrim? Phew, lot that's over my head, so it was... <laughs> listen, Leitrim is a totally different animal, really. You know, we're always fighting year in, year out. We're fighting resources, finance, I suppose, population, it all comes in. And we can say it's nothing to do with population, but it is really, you know, and... and um, our biggest problem is immigration and and finding jobs and having employment in the county. That's our that's our biggest struggle. And and you know, Eamon can allude to that. He was just telling me beforehand he's losing several players from Mohol this year. My own club has got ravaged with immigration this year alone. After being after winning the championship two years ago, then they got ravaged. So so and that happens every 
every couple of years. So your, your club is Ballon and Moore, Sean yes, and correct, just, yeah. And you're managing the ladies' team this year. I am indeed, yes, 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 for my sins, thank you. But uh, yeah, so it, it, it's really, uh, it's a struggle, it's a long-going struggle for the likes of Leitrim and maybe a little bit for Sligo too, but, you know, when you take, there's, in, in Ballon and Moore, there's absolutely no industry whatsoever. The biggest employer is the local super value. You know, so there's no industry. There's, there, you know, it's 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 very very hard. And I'll go back to one in 2013 when we were, when we were manager. We won the FBD, but that year we had 12 guys emigrated. That year off the panel from the squad before the year before, 12 guys missing. And you're, you're trying to find new 12 guys in Leitrim. You just they're not there. You know, they're not the population isn't there to replace them. And you're getting students in, and they're unemployed and they're just waiting to go you know to go somewhere else to America for the summer because there's there's a bit of work there a few pound there like you know so it's a struggle but it's something that we, we we're still proud of we still want to play we, we, we're a very proud county um, and we still want to compete as best we can this year be right or wrong we have an opportunity to get into a kind of final this year it's a good opportunity and um, so like it or not, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. By the way, but uh, it, it's 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 there, and once it's there, once you have the provincial <coughs> championships, it's always going to be there. So, and it is a dream for players because, realistically speaking, if we were drawn against the other the other three, no disrespect to Eamon, but you know, if you're drawn against the Mayo's, the Galway's, so it's lights out straight away. You know, no matter what you you can gloss it over all you want, but there's not they're not going to win. You know, it's 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 totally different standard. And do players think like that? You, as a manager, you try to you try to be real. I, I you know you. You try to be realistic and you try to say, you know, we got to prepare ourselves that on the day, if if the team you're playing, i.e. Mayo or something like that, they happen to take you for granted. But if you don't prepare yourself in the first place, then you're, ne- you're never going to get there, you know. It's very hard to convince players because they know that. They're, they're far more intelligent, I think, than when we were playing. Like, you know, you kind of, you could... You could brainwash the likes of us that you could beat somebody at the time, like you know, if that's the word, want of a better word. But yeah, I, 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 I think we're going too negative here tonight yeah. because uh, I, 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 I'd have to say, like I was saying to a lot of the Sligo lads here that we came in, there's great, you know, the enthusiasm that's brought by the progress that Sligo have made with the minor, with the under twenty, with Summerhill. Uh, you know, and Marcus here tonight, uh, who, who led that, and 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 winning tonight even against Roscommon, it's th- there's really good straws in the wind, and I don't. You see, the GA is is about community, and I I get the argument about population, but like if if population was dictating, uh, me then Kildare would be winning. Would be at the top table. They have more. Me, they have more. Uh, probably double their population since as a commuter uh, to county since they won the All Irelands back in Sean Boylan's time. So yeah. it, it, you know you can you can get stats to argue everything, but I think the sense of county, the sense of like we have all the Connacht counties. I mean, I love this time of year when the Connacht Championship is coming uh, up and. I was interested to hear Shane there that he's that Roscommon would be better off if they lose next Sunday. So I, I'm sure Kevin next day would be delighted to hear that uh, <laughs> that them he might get a free pass after we you know to help the, help the recovery. But I don't think that'll happen because the pride the pride that'll be in Roscommon. I I. I I think there's so many dynamics there that they're going to that they're going to try and set an ambush as they did in 1970, 2001, and 2019. Uh, so you can never you can never predict uh, you can never predict. That's the brilliant thing, you know, yeah. team game. Anything can happen. So I'm really looking forward to Sunday and to. to you know, to, to Saturday as well to hear the results from London and from and from New York because, you know, I know from the, from winning all Irelands. If you if you win in all Ireland, it's no good if you win it and that there's that the football is dead in 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 twelve or thirteen weaker counties because if you're all Ireland champions, you like to be champion of all of Ireland. And you know, we came in down here to Sligo in '99, I think it was, as all Ireland champions and nearly got caught. So you know, there's 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 a positive story in the GA, and I think we need to keep that going. Whatever changes need to be made along the way, and to continue that positive vein, Eamon O'Hara, Monaghan and Sligo have roughly the same population sizes. Monaghan have just completed ten seasons in Division One of the National League. 
Sligo have just got promotion out of Division 4 and coming up the rank are crops and not just one wave but a couple of waves of players who are used to winning. Why shouldn't Sligo think like that and aim for that? They should. That's that's one of the things that I've I've always said down to the years was why can't we be competitive? Why can't we uh, beat a Roscommon or a, or a Galway or a Mayo? Um, you know, I was brought up in the back of always struggling, you know, for years. And I started in 94 and I can remember in 92, 93 watching Sligo getting annihilated and I apologise, Tommy, I think you were part of those teams and maybe a few others, but... And John Kent was there, but um, it's um, to see that, like we, I had nothing to aspire to, with the greatest of respect, and the lads, Johnny there mentioned about the school and the work that was being done in the school, we won an All-Ireland B with, with, with um, Banada back in 92, and the, the basis of our team then sort of, we developed an under-21 team, and we managed to beat Galway, we ambushed Galway and Chum in '94, where they were actually favourites to go and win an All Ireland final because they had they'd won the minor the previous year. So, the work that's been done in Sligo is is fantastic, and there's no doubt about it. The uh, attractors and, and Summerhill are, are are putting huge work in our GPO officers, all of that, um, and it's we're starting to reap the rewards. Um, on a personal note, I'd be disappointed that I don't see more of those under twenties part of the senior setup right now, but. That's a decision that's made by senior management. They have progressed really well over the last, well, particularly this year, the last two years, was obviously a building. Um, but we're moving in the right direction. Now, we can compare ourselves to what Dublin's are doing or what Mayo are doing and what Roscommon are doing because I think a lot of the time you can find yourself comparing and making excuses. You can only work with the tools that, that you've got. You obviously have to get your level of strength and conditioning right. Um it is different to Sligo, where we've got one guy there. Mayo Galway might have two or three guys. Dublin have more, and they're already available at nine o'clock in the morning, where our strength and conditioning guy or our physio is not available because they've got a nine-to-five job to do, and they're only available at five, six o'clock in the evening, and there could be three or four fellas waiting for that. So it's the resources that are there, and I, I think John makes the point. We can aspire to that. Rather than using it as an excuse and saying we don't have it, just aspire to try and get there. Whatever it takes, let's try and get there and work with what we've got. You compared Monaghan. Um, it's a different mindset. It's a different Ulster. It's, it's Ulster Championship. They pride themselves in knowing each other really, really well because they've all gone to school together. They know each other inside out. That's that's the pride of wanting to beat your friend or your a former colleague. We need to instill that into Sligo, I believe. We need to sort of start looking at or a Scommon or a Mayo, as I keep saying, and say, why can't we beat them? Because those 20s from last year and those 20s from this year's and those minors from two years ago are looking at that saying, we're as good as these guys. Why can't we? Okay. We just have to put the the sort of the the reinforcements around those fellas, support them, and, and really do whatever it takes for them to be the very, very best they can be. Okay. Martin, is the Connor Championship still as important to Mayo as um, it was? It, before you t- I take up your point in that, I want to go back to Shane's point. I think what Shane had talked about earlier on about a semi-professional game and that. Um, it was interesting this year when Gerald Burns was the ple- president-elect of the GA and he talked about in his inaugural sp- his speech about the importance of the amateur ethos. I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that we have to look at very, very seriously. Because what Shane has said is absolutely right. What players are expected to give to football nowadays, it's uh, on a scale that we couldn't have imagined, as far as I can see. And as well as that, like when you look at the Mayo setup, for example, in the Mayo setup, I think there's a backroom setup of maybe around 20 people. Uh, I'm told that it's 22 actually and all of those are paid all of those are being looked after the players aren't being looked after Can I ask you a question Martin? Can I ask you would you not love to be in that setup? Because I know I would I would do whatever it takes and Shane you might agree I don't know whatever but I would love to be in that type of a setup that I can get up in the morning and train and have huge aspirations of winning an All-Ireland final It's different in Sligo we don't have those aspirations but it is it is changing. I think we we can stay in the background and say, well, 
things were like this prior. It has moved on since I started. Since I finished, it has moved on. Since Mark, Mark Brainy has finished, it has moved on. But we're trying to move with it as best we can. And the resources are difficult. They're they are there, they're about for some places. But as a player, and I don't think any player, despite what anyone says, they want to play football. And if you've got a really good setup. But I think, even yeah. though, I don't think we're arguing that point. No. I think I think what we're saying, we're all probably saying the same thing in a different, in a more in a roundabout way. Um, we'll go back to Barney's point. I think it's actually possible to resource a Sligo and Roscommon and elite them the same way Very as possible to, 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 to resource Dublin. Because if you had shared pooling, the money was shared pooling. And if we want to, uh, the amateur ethos of the GEA is long gone. Let's forget about Charlotte Burns coming in as a as a as a, a mongrel trying to think he's going to change that. That's not going to happen. That horse has come out the bolt with Shergar back in 1981. It's over, like it's done, right? It ain't going to happen. You can't you can't change history. But what you can do, Martin, and I think in fairness, what you can do, I think, is you can bring things together, and you know maybe have that umbrella um, where players across the board can have that motivated outlook to say, well, okay, I've been looked after. Okay. I don't know in terms of jobs. I'm not into say, I'm not saying you pay players. I'm not saying that at all. But I would be saying that if a player, for example, is working, right, that he gets a tax break at the end of his career, similar to the rugby players, and that tax break goes maybe to fund a deposit in his house or something like that. Because, you know, remember, look at all the, inf- look at all the entertainment players are given all over the country. Men and women, and camogie, soccer, uh, you know, right across the board. But Gaelic football in particular and Gaelic and hurling and Gaelic games is, you know, it's, it's part of our fabric. It's part of our society. It's part of everything we do, whether it's work, relationships, you know, one thing or another. And uh, I just feel that that we're losing a trick, instead of kind of fighting it, embrace it, you know, to a level that we can sustain it, instead of maybe having one or two counties, you know, with these huge resources and other counties fighting for the resources. And I think central to that is the way we do business has to change. County boards are not resourced or professional enough to run football teams anymore, right? They're administrators, the financial arm has to be the financial arm and football or hurling then you have to have almost those three pillars where finance works with the games and the administrators administrate but at the moment you've administrators who are in who are unqualified to run county boards who are basically businesses they're 2 million minimum even the smallest counties are pushing 2 million out the door every 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 year I, I don't know what me or doing. If the wind on Ireland, it could go to 10 million for, you know, with all the jerseys that sell. But, you know, you have to have a professional setup around that or else it just goes into a mishmash. And we see it. We've seen it in, in my own native county in Roscommon on numerous times over the decades. We've seen it in Mayo. We've, we now see it in Donegal where Big Brother is coming down from Crow Park to tell you how to run your affairs. That's not no way to conduct business. I mean, yeah, but it, if I could cut across you there, Shane, for a moment, and it goes back maybe John and myself were in a profession probably as teachers, and TJ there I know also, we were very involved in training teams after school and all of that. And I see in Mayo, for example, I see three schools this year. I see a school in Ballinrobe, in St. Gerald's in Castlebarra, and in St. Coleman's in Clamoris. They've had very, very, very uh, strong senior A teams with a lot of work being done at, uh, at a, at voluntary, uh, on a voluntary basis by the teachers after school. Westport is another school where an awful lot of work has been done by the likes, we say, of Martin Connolly, um, graduate of Thoman College in the, in the early 70s. And I think Mayo garnering the, um, I suppose, the dividend from that in, in the senior teams that they're kind of producing at the moment. As well as that, they have a very good academy in the county. Tom Riley uh, runs it. And very, very co- good coaching structures there. And I think if you contrast that then with my native Donegal, I think one of the things that I see as glaringly obvious in Donegal is that football at schools levels, it's not happening. It hasn't been happening. My own um, alma mater, uh, St. Judas and Letterkenny, I think maybe in the last year, uh, the last couple of years, okay, they have been in a McGrory Cup competition. But in, Donegal is the only county, actually, in Ulster that never has had a school to win a McGrory Cup. Whatever, shall we say, trophies have been won that have been, uh, they've been at B level. 
Every other county in Ulster has won that. But in fairness to Mayo, Mayo's school system has been very, very strong. And as a consequence of that, they're getting players year on year on tap at the moment. And there are a number of wonderful young lads coming through at the moment. You look at the age profile of last weekend's team that won the league. There's a young boy came on at the end, Bob Tuhi, you know, an 18 and 19 year old. There's a lad doing the leaving cert next week or next month. from uh, Sean Morahan, he's captain of the under-20 team, believe it or not, and he's still in secondary school. Yeah. But these lads are all going to be coming and streaming in the next few years. There's work for them in the county, for the most part, yeah. and there's basically, they're, they're well looked after by way of resources and that. And it isn't, yeah. like, I take Barney's point, you know, if you cannot have your players in your county, then you're immediately kind of, uh, you're starting off on the back foot. You need them within a kind of a reasonable radius of where you want to uh, meet every week two or three times for training or for meetings or whatever. But like, in in fairness to the Mayos uh, of of this world, the Dublin's, the teams that are in the kind of the commuter belt in Dublin, they have advantages in that way. But it needs to be a little bit more, shall we say, universal with all counties if they are all to thrive and get the most out of themselves. Okay, we've picked on and touched on a lot of things there, guys. I want to move the discussion on to the resources that the five or six or seven Connacht counties have this weekend in their opening championship matches. And we'll take them chronologically. Eamon O'Hara for Sligo. Is getting out of Division 4 more important than beating London? Oh. That's a... Is both are vital, truth be told. Um, getting out of Division 4 was a massive step and, and a very good achievement. Um, now that competition is over this is a also a very very important step to get to a Connacht final um, to beat London um, going by what you see with London they didn't impress the early doors and I think they've obviously down tools in terms of to try and do well in Division 4 and probably really concentrated on a, on a fitness block to sort of prepare for this game at the weekend um, so I would expect that Sligo should win this one and obviously we would expect Leitrim uh, to go to New York, even though there's sound bites coming out of New York that they've been waiting for this one for the last five years and don't uh, frighten you, Barney. But I think they've got a, they gave Sligo a good push last year and got new guys in from Kerry and other places. So for Sligo, this is a vital game for the progression of the team. Okay, um, Barney, we'll get to the potential ambush that is Gaelic Park on Saturday night in just a moment. But just on the face of it, Leitrim and Sligo, there must be bigger interest in the Connacht Championship because of the draw, straight up. And for London and New York as well, because the other three are on the other side. That instinctively creates something, doesn't it? Of course. So that's that's what any player's dream is to play, you know, in the Connacht final. And be it... For whatever reason, the draw sits. That's the way it sits. So when it comes out like this, then obviously from a Leitrim point of view, we see it as an opportunity to get to a Connacht final as well, the same as Eamon would see it. Obviously going over to New York this weekend, it's going to be a really tough game, tougher than what people might think. Um, but you still expect them to win it. Um, and then, you know, you see what happened 10 years ago when, when, when Sly went over to London and Leitrim fell to London and after that. So that was a great opportunity for London. But obviously, London will be targeting Sligo and New York will also be targeting Leitrim. It's a great opportunity for them also. But I just do think that uh, from the Sligo-London perspective, uh, London have been ravaged with injuries more so than waiting for you in the rings. Um, I just know that for a fact that they've been ravaged with injuries and some of them will be back for some, for, for, for the weekend. Some of them, most of them won't. But um, I think Sligo should win that fairly comfortably. Um, but I just don't that Leitrim going over there, going over to New York is always a, always a tough it's a tough t- task all the time. But the only thing is Leitrim won't look beyond New York. They 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 target New York. They won't be targeting the match after that. What maybe other other counties might the bigger counties might do. Uh, I know when I was involved there, we just targeted New York. That was it. We're t- our training was geared towards. We were peaking for the New York game, not for three weeks after that. So mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Leitrim have to play at that high intensity, the high tempo uh, that because of the match fitness that New York won't have. They might have fitness levels, but they won't have the match fitness levels that Leitrim should get over them. But it's going to be a really tough, tough game for them. 
I think most, if not all of you, have either played, managed, or gone to Gaelic Park and supported your, your native county. One of these years, John O'Mahony, New York are going to take somebody down. Might it be this year? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they nearly took, uh, I think, in Kevin McStay's first year in yeah, Roscommon, sure. they nearly took Roscommon down. The last time Leitrim, I was involved with Benny Guckin at the time, uh, and it went to extra time. And what what New York do is that the year that they're either playing Sligo or, or Leitrim is they import players. Jamie Clark was there uh, against Leitrim that time, and he he he. he was you know a class above everybody else, and it went to extra time, and it was, it was, uh, and I, I I think they have a few ex- imports this year from is it Cork or Kerry or somewhere, uh, so that's to be expected, and I think you know Leitrim are, are maybe down a couple of players with injuries and uh, one or two others as well, so I I just hope that Leitrim can come out of it because you know Leitrim and Sligo then to fight for the kind of final place would be a brilliant uh, uh, on standing on its own two feet, a bl- that that people would be interested not just in Sligo and Leitrim but everywhere else in Connacht because of the history of, of, of the thing. I think there's a there's a bonus in getting to a Connacht final obviously and, and you know if you're if you're asking me who might do that down the line I would say that Sligo seem to be a step ahead of Leitrim a little bit at the minute, even though it's very close. Uh, uh, and the only thing is that what what would be vital for for the team that wins that semi final, if we can look forward to that, would be that uh, you know the, that it would put up a, f- a good performance in a conic final. They'll obviously be in the Sam Maguire then, uh, which is is maybe a little downside because you know they'd be seeded in with teams the yeah. Corks or the Kerrys or the Tyrones or whoever. No, that you can look on that in two ways. If if they can perform in them so matches, but I mean, let's let's not let's call a spade a spade here. Sligo or Leitrim aren't going to win the All Ireland this year, mm-hmm. so therefore there's a there's a downside of that, and there might be an upside for the team that loses that semi final because they could go on to win the Tolchin Cup. I mean, Sligo were within an ace of it last year, and they only just got over the line in extra time against against Leitrim. So there's look at. And I maybe I'm thinking here as a manager, you, you you can see positives in every situation, and I think that's what Leitrim and Sligo need to see. But Barney is right about them about them targeting just one game ahead, whereas you know the stronger county can can do it differently. But you can't take anything for granted when you're in the in the, in the other side of the the, the, the scale, you know. Okay. It's also, it'd be it'd be interesting to ask. Player from Leitrim, I, I never got an opportunity, but uh, it's just coming to be head now. It'd be interesting to ask a player from Leitrim or Sligo, which would they prefer? Would they prefer to play in the Connacht final, or would they prefer to play in the Talton Cup? And I think I'd, t- I'd know the answer there. And you think it is? Yeah, Connacht final. All day. Okay. And that opportunity arises this year because of the draw, and until that changes, that dream is always there. Okay. Now, the result of that won't, you know, the result of that will be a, di- with a different scenario. And it might, as, as John alluded to, it might be a negative on that, but I think the dream is there to, for, you know, it's the realistic dream for this year for any of them players. Okay, so from that but side the, of... The sorry. dream is to win a Connacht final, uh, you know, and I, I'm lucky enough to have won a fair few of them over the years, and, and you really appreciate them, but I suppose it, it's, it's you know, it's 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 about the season overall. I mean, like when Westmead won the Tolchin Cup last year, was there, what, 20,000 people or 15,000 people to meet them back in Mullingar? I, I know what you're saying, Barney, uh, and I think it's absolutely crucial that there's more than just the Sam Maguire, that there's a silverware there for the, the various levels, because that's why the National League is such a good competition, because you're playing against teams of the same level and like no one like the memories of you know how many Sligo people have said to me isn't it great to collect silverware in, in Crow Park and that's 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 important you know so we need to we need to cater for all sides okay I think you gave us your answer a moment ago as to who you think will reach the Connacht final from that side of the draw the London Sligo New York and Leitrim side of the draw I think I get the impression you think Sligo will make it can I get a one more answer from the other four panel members who will make the Connacht final from that side of the draw, uh, London, I, Sligo, New York, Leitrim. 
On the basis of their displays in the National League, I think I've been impressed with Sligo. I think the game a couple of weeks ago against Leitrim, which was crucial at the time, um, Sligo pulled away, wasn't it, very late in that game to win it. And I think they're, they'll be able to repeat that scenario um, and get to the Connacht final. And I think it's a good thing for them. To, if they get to the Connacht final... Um, they're going to be either number one or number two seed in the league within, they, within the championship, so to speak, later on, the last 16. That's a great opportunity for them then to go and, shall we say, compare their standards or measure their, their standards against teams that have been playing at a higher level than them. I'd, certainly, if I was a Sligo player or a Leitrim player, I'd want to kind of get into that kind of, shall we say, grouping and just see how I get on. Okay. Eamon O'Hara, Sligo for you? For the final? Yeah, Sligo for me, but you're going to be playing a team that has had two tough battles, uh, be it Roscommon, Galway or Mayo, and will, no matter what anyone says, look at Sligo as a softer touch. So I think Sligo will do do well, uh, probably better than what a lot of people would expect them to in a Connacht final. Barney Breen? Yeah, I'm going to go with Leitrim. Uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, uh, I, I think the big the big thing is uh, Leitrim get over New York. That'll be that'll be the experience of the couple of days bonding with them will be will be uh, invaluable to them as well. And uh, you know that even when Sligo kind of were in Division Three and Two, there Leitrim would still have no uh, fear of going to Sligo to play them in a championship game. I just think with the likes of Keith Byrne that we have, uh, you know, we have a gem in our side. And if we can remain injury free, the big problem is if we get injuries along the way, then, you know, we haven't got the strength and depth as maybe other counties have. But uh, if we can remain injury free, uh, then I think we have a great chance. Yeah. Just very quickly before I go to Shane, Kurt, Eamon O'Hara, you manage Keith Byrne at club mm-hmm. level with Mohol. Just, I mean, for those who haven't seen him up close, I mean, I know Sligo... Fans came, have come across him in recent seasons, but there's a lot of this country that have not seen Keith Byrne play. Um, what is it about him that stands him apart? Um, he's unbelievably driven. Uh, he knows his ability, and he's always, always trying to get better. Um, he's top scorer in the league this year uh, by by a long shot. Um, and funny enough, he said that was his goal to me at the start of the league. He said, I'm going to be top scorer across the National League. He told you that? He said that to me. And people might say, it's easy. he just said, that's my goal this year with Leitrim. And I I find it, at times with him, that when he, as a player, you want him to bring in other fellas because it becomes one-dimensional if you have a team like that. And we put a man-marker, if Sligo playing Keith tomorrow, they'd put a man-marker on him. If Mohler playing Ballinamore, they put a man-marker, double up on him, and they'll say, well, where are your other scores going to come from? But his willingness to try and sort of bring other players into it at times is excellent, and he'll fight to get that yard just to get the shot in, and he just doesn't lack the sort of, the confidence and the, and the continuous the continuous confidence if he kicks a wide, he'll, it doesn't affect him. It's the next one, it's the next play, and it's the same when he's scoring them. I want another one. I'm going again. I want another one, and you know. And as a person, as a, as a fellow off the pitch, an unbelievable gentleman, couldn't say couldn't say nicer things about him because um, he's just uh, he's he's so coachable at times. It's it's brilliant. Okay, right, Shane Kern, pick me your Connacht finalist from the Sligo Leitrim London New York side of the draw, or you can pick the two Connacht finalists if you want. <laughs> I think just based on the evidence, and uh, you know, I haven't really followed Division uh, Four that strongly, but I have been. I, Keeping an eye in on Sligo's results um, and what they've been doing, and I think particularly at underage level, um, a rising tide uh, can bring all boats, you know. And that confidence they'll get from Division Four, the confidence they'll get from the schools, that all seeps into supporters, it seeps into the clubs and things like that. And managing that is probably the the expectation now is the next thing, you know. Um, going to London won't be simple. They probably will have enough to, to win it, um, as Leeds probably should have in in, in New York and. Um, You'd, you'd imagine that the the, the confidence uh, level that Sligo will have will be just greater and a home advantage as well. We'll just see them into a Connacht final, I think. Okay, which brings us to the other side of the draw. Mayo against Roscommon and then the winners to play Galway. Martin Carney, you've watched Mayo week in, week out this season and it has been week in, week out pretty yeah. much. Do you expect Mayo this Sunday to cut loose in Castlebar or might they hold something back? 
Well, I think the person who doesn't heed the lesson of history is bound to repeat the mistakes. And if you look back at the Johnny Nealonstown in the audience there, and Johnny played an elite or an Mayo team that uh, won the league, was it 1971, Johnny? or 1970, and were beaten then in the first round of the championship by, by Roscommon. In 2001, I think Mayo won the league again, beaten in the first round of the championship by Roscommon. And 2019, same scenario, uh, were beaten by Roscommon. So they'll be very, very wary of Roscommon coming to Castlebar in a few weeks' time. And even if you look back to the league game a couple of weeks ago between the two teams, to be honest with you, I thought uh, Roscommon in that game completely underplayed their hand. I think it was something like nine points to four for Mayo at half time. They went another maybe five or six points ahead uh, later on in uh, by midway through the second half. And then all of a sudden, Roscommon decided we're going to play. And they went and, I think, scored two goals and four points. And it were it, not for a miraculous intervention by Dermot O'Connor with the last play of the game. Roscommon would have won that. And I think Roscommon will have got immense... Ca- ca- confidence and hope from that particular game to say to themselves that if we imply ourselves from the word go with the intensity that we're capable of and if we can sustain it then we're more than capable of beating Mayo and Mayo are there after last weekend to be got at like, I mean, their biggest problem this week will be just coming down, kind of getting the heads right to go into championship after the highs of winning a National League. They're vulnerable in many ways, but yet I think the confidence that has come with that National League win and the confidence that has come from the displays through the, the National League, I think it will sustain them next week. And I believe on Sunday they're capable of winning the game, but it'll be a hell of a battle and it certainly will not be something that they'll win easily. John O'Mahony, you've managed most of the current Connacht managers, Andy Moran at Leitrim, Porrick Joyce in Galway, and Kevin McStay, the current Mayo manager, which wasn't always straightforward, if memory serves me. But, but from what you know of his approach to things for a game like this where they're kind of expected to win, are Mayo are used to that now, aren't they? Well, I mean, they have been, they have walls through the league, to be honest. And I mean, like the, against Galway on Sunday, they, they won it because they, they, they were the better team. They set their stall out in the first 20 minutes. So they are coming in at a great level. But I, 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 as Martin says, you know, this was common, are brilliant at an ambush. Uh, uh, over the years, not just we've mentioned this, th- these ones like Roscommon. I know it even when I was in Galway. You know, the, the made us in '98 by bringing us to a replay. To it helped. It was the winning of the All Ireland for us. Good uh, meet some ref. Was uh, it good? And and and, 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 and uh, <laughs> uh, all of that. All of that. Uh, I didn't hear that comment, <laughs> Shane. Uh, but um, so I, I think that they. I I I'd expect them. To, to maybe cut loose, uh, but Roscommon have had a good league, and and the, the one caveat I'd put in about the Mayo League where they got you know and as all of the players, the Jack Carneys and the David McBrien's and the new players Sam Callanan and all these that have come in have done absolutely brilliantly. But in in fairness, three of those games, and I was at most of the Mayo games in in right throughout the league. Um, it, Kerry didn't want to be in Castlebar the night they played. Jack O'Connor. Had his arms folded. They came out on the pitch 15 minutes before the game started. They went up and down the one day. They, they, they came uh, up on the bus that day. They came up on the bus And they day. took their dinner fro- uh, onto the bus afterwards yeah, and headed off. Yeah, so, and you had you had Tyrone were p- absolutely pathetic and Donegal were falling over a cliff as well. So that's the one worry you'd have a little bit. But, you know, Mayo needed to win the last Sunday's game, the league final, more than Galway to a certain extent. Uh, and, and they showed... Because if they the lost against Monaghan, I know it was a, a, a dead rubber, but at the same time, if they lost two games in a row, then and were going into players common, there'd be there'd be question marks again uh, about the thing. So they haven't they, they they responded very well, and I expect them to win on, on Sunday. But all of the, I expected them to win in 2019, and they didn't. Uh, I, you know, I know Tiger Rourke is a big loss to common in the middle of the field, and Ben O'Carroll is is probably on the injury list as well. So they, they they had a good league. They discovered some good players, but you'd expect Mayo to get over the line and you know, then you have a momentous semi final with Galway, which 
Uh, you know, I, I think Galway were poor last Sunday. They were flat. Uh, the, the, in the, the game was won in the first 20 minutes. Mayo used, you know, Kevin McStay, he said when he came in that he was using kicking more and whatever. And that's that's what happened. Galway were overcomplicating it in that when they were attacking, whereas Mayo were punt passing in and, and making progress and getting the score. So, uh, but I wouldn't write off Galway. Killian McDade has to come back as well. And, and all. But on, on next Sunday, I... You, on the evidence we've seen, you'd give the vote to Mayo, but okay. if, if they don't go into that game in the right frame of mind, same things could happen. Okay. Shane, Curran, briefly, can you see a Rossi ambush on Sunday? Yeah, look at you. Of course you can see it. I mean, you know, the difference, I suppose, um, I think the lads were speaking about it earlier on there, um, a lot of the league games have been quite benign in many ways. You know, they, they took on certain patterns. It's give me the ball, I'll try and score. We take the ball, we'll try and score. It'll be interesting to see will championship football develop the same way or will we see more 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 kicking in, in, in the games from, from the teams that I think have, have aspirations of winning the league or winning the championship. The one thing I would say probably about ourselves is that we lack a certain dimension of physicality around the middle eight. And Mayo have the capacity to almost do a blitzkrieg in a in a ten fifteen minute period where they can the goals of six or seven or eight points up like they did again Galway. And if you're a team like Roscommon or as Galway found out the weekend, you're chasing that game, you have to expend an awful lot of energy to actually get back into it. And I think uh, look at all things been equal, uh, you know, your my head says Mayo, my heart says Roscommon. You know, okay, so, so what's clear here, you're all saying Mayo are going to beat Roscommon. Nobody has said, unless Barney Breen and Eamon O'Hara are going to contradict us briefly. I think, I think everything that the guys have said is, I can't really add to that. Uh, you know, the, it, it just on present form, you know, you can't see Mayo getting beaten. They haven't slipped up this year, be it, albeit opposition mightn't been that great. Roscommon are always going to be famous for that for that one ambush, yes, as John says, but I just think there's a slickness to Mayo this year. There's a more professional approach, even to listen to Kevin McStay last last Sunday and being interviewed afterwards. You know, he was asked about the following week. He didn't want to talk about it. He says, I, I f- I'm afraid to talk about it, but I'm thinking about it right now. That's maybe half an hour after the game was over. He was thinking about the championship game. So, no, that's something that, you know, that, and as John says earlier, they'd be very much aware of the slip-ups that they had previously and that'd be forefront in their mind, I think, and I don't think they're going to slip up this time. Eamon? Um, I would just make reference to what Bernie, Bernie is after saying there about Kevin requesting the game to be put back to the Saturday for more recovery time. I think the, what type of training would they have done this week? very, very little. Um, it's probably more video work in terms of trying to analyse what Roscommon are going to try and bring. Shane mentioned it there. I know uh, my own good friend Jerry McGowan is part of that Roscommon setup and have been putting a plan in place for this game. Um, I give more credit to Roscommon this year. They've been, you know, f- from probably showing more interest in it because of the connection I have with it. Um Roscommon people were sort of wanting to stay in Division four, Division 1. I think that was probably key for them when they weren't looking at the Championship. Yet they, when they get the Championship, they want to be successful in in, in, in in the Connacht Championship. So I think this this will be a lot closer to what people um, will think here. Like the lads are saying, oh, I think Roscommon have a very, very good chance of just you know rattling them and seeing what they're about. Okay. And they have Kilcar's Mark McHugh in the wings there as well. I'm going to ask you guys finally, and have a think about this, name your Connacht champions and who will be your All-Ireland winners at this stage of the year. So have a think about that. Daniel, I'm going to switch onto the radio mic for just a moment, if we can switch up the mic. Um, because we are here at St Mary's GA Club in Sligo, and I'm going to have a quick word with the chairperson of St Mary's, our host tonight, John Clifford. Connacht Championship, we're, we're, we're into this, but a little bit about St Mary's first of all. Um, you've got a very vibrant thing going on here at the minute. Yeah, we have a very vibrant club at the moment, um, primarily due to the calibre of the people that we have. We have some great parents involved, big community. Um, we probably reaped the reward of development in our area over the last 20 years. A lot of young families have moved into the area and uh, thankfully a lot of them have a GA pedigree. And uh, we have a great academy of kids coming up here. Starts It'll start on the 22nd of April. 
It started back in 2001, and our first Saturday morning coordinator was TJ Gilgallan, who's here behind me. It's going 22 years, and it'll start on the 22nd of April this year. Every Saturday morning at uh, 10.45 until 12 o'clock, we'll have in excess of from 150 to 175 kids here, boys and girls. It used to go up to under 12. The numbers have got greater now, so it's up as far as under 10. And the increase in girls' football has been phenomenal in the last number of years. So our membership has driven has really gone up over the last two years. And I say it's, it's basically down to the people that are involved and the, the support we get from the community, the buy-in from the parents and everybody around. There's one thing on paper that does strike me about St Mary's. If St Mary's are going well, Sligo tend to be going well. You, c- you can draw a line down through the decades between schools teams, county teams... And which which underlines probably the importance of being strong in the urban centre. Yeah, and um, a lot of the successful Sligo teams down the years, even Tommy in front of me here, uh, back to 2007, the backbone of that team was made up of, of Sligo town players. I know Eamon scored that illustrious goal in, in the Connacht final, but um, the, the backbone of that team had, I'd say, eight to ten Summerhill College players on it. Tommy, you'll correct me if I'm wrong there, but I think that was the backbone of it. And uh, a lot of the Sligo teams down through the years have had a large number of, of town players, particularly St Mary's players. We have five on the senior panel this year at this moment in time. And we've had a couple of lads in the other 20s, minors, and obviously the um, the influence of Summerhill has been very, very good. And, and Summerhill team was primarily made up of St Mary's and Drumcliff Ross's Point players this year under the the great guidance of and manager Mark Brainley here beside us. Another St Mary's man, yeah. And let's hope that trend continues for now. John Clifford, thank you very much for having a quick word with us here at St Mary's GA Club. So I think all the guys look like they've made their decisions in the meantime. If we go back to our panel, for our 2023 Connacht champions and All-Ireland winners, Martin Carney, do you want to go first? Um, Connacht champions, I think Mayo will win it. I think Mayo will take Connacht this year, but... To do that, they have to do it the hard way. They have to beat Roscommon next weekend. And the game, if that then uh, goes positively for them, they'll have a hell of a game two weeks later in Pierce Stadium against Galway. But I think they've always performed better in Pierce Stadium, maybe against Galway than in Castle Bar. And I think it's a venue they don't mind playing in. All-Ireland winners, um, I would go with Dublin if they get everybody back. Very impressed with them last weekend, the few times I've seen them. Um, I still think there's a lot more to come from them and I think they have a forward line that can score goals, can score goals, create goaling chances and score, goaling, uh, score goals when the opportunities arise and I think that'll stand to them as the championship goes on and I'd put their name on the, on the hat for Is Sam that McGuire. a tactical prediction now to divert attention away from <laughs> the green and red? Well, to a degree it is, but no, it's, 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 it's also the head maybe at work and just saying that what, I've, what I saw them last weekend, like playing against a Derry team that had been reputed as to have had a wonderful uh, defensive record. They just tore Derry to shreds uh, at will, actually, in the second half of that game. And I was very impressed with the movement, but also in how clinical they are when opportunities arise. OK, uh, the clock is beating us here. Eamon O'Hara, Connacht and Sam, please. Um, Connacht, I'm going Galway, uh, based on the fact that uh, Kevin McStay was obviously planning on Saturday or Sunday evening for this game against Roscommon, Porridge Joyce is getting on a plane with his team to Portugal for a, for a warm weather training. So the one game that they've been looking at is the winners over obviously Roscommon Mayo, and I think Galway will win the Connacht. And for me, Kerry are going to win the All Ireland. Barney Breen, I think Mayo. I just think Mayo are just a different animal this year. I think they'll be driven, really, really driven. And um, I as actually also fancy for North Ireland as well. Uh, but I suppose I'm torn between Mayo for all Ireland and Kerry. But I think just Kerry have that, just they have it, they have it at the moment. They're there, I think. Now, the Leitrim man is going for Mayo by two. Mick Doherty, the oldest St Mary supporter in the club, who is a, a Leitrim native. I hope you heard that. He has Mayo pictures he brought tonight. He's here. Good man, Mick. You have the pictures from 36. Good clown man. Tyrone. Tyrone. Oh, he's thinking Tyrone. Mick says Tyrone. Okay. John O'Mahony, Connacht and Sam, please. Well, Connacht, uh, I I suppose it, it's going to come down to, I I think, Galway or Mayo, whoever wins that semi-final. Barney gave me a good out there a few minutes ago when he talked about the head and the heart. I think the head would suggest that 
Galway maybe can kick on from last year and win Connacht again. The heart obviously would love to see Mayo going the whole distance. I think I, I'd agree with Eamon as regards Dublin. They are back and they have, but I, I still don't think that the team they were a number of years ago, it's yet to be proven. Uh, I think if Kerry can successfully sort out their midfield, David Moran, is, you know, his retirement has left a bit of a gap there. If they can do that, I, I still think that they, I think they were just going through the motions of an All-Ireland Champions team in the National League. They, did, they had to win it last year because Jack O'Connor was under pressure in the way that he left Low, or left uh, Kildare. Uh, so, but he, was, he's not, he wasn't under any pressure. I think, I think that they'll be, they'll be still in the driving seat. Okay. Shane Curran, the other four seem to be in tune with the moon and the tides. So can you give us something well, left I, I field for Connacht and Sam, say, please? Mayor Galway, Mayor Galway win the Connacht Championship and Ross, Ross Gammon wins Sam Maguire, but I don't think that. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm a never an optimist, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, funny enough, I, I actually think it could go back. It could be something like John's time. I think it could. I, I don't see Mio winning in All-Ireland, winning every single game in the championship. And if they beat us Sunday, that's most likely going to be the scenario. So I would, I, I think it'll be Galway. I go with him, and I think Galway will win the Connacht Championship. And I think Mio will win the All-Ireland by virtue of the fact that it will uh, maybe a defeat would stabilize them and and bring them back down to earth um before they they hit we'll say what will be yet uh, it'll be a super four or four, super five game i think uh they have the squad um and i think a defeat an arrow defeat in Galway won't set them back that that much um that said uh mickey i, I have to agree with him i think Tyrone are probably Maybe the the dark horses um, if they could get their act together, but uh, I think everything is pointing possibly to uh, a Galway Connacht Championship and um, a Mayo All Ireland. The Roscommon goes for Mayo. There you go, gents. Thank you very much for that. Before we finish, folks, I do want to acknowledge a little bit of fundraising that's been going on here tonight at St Mary's GA Clubhouse in Kent Park and Ballydugan, and I say one of the club stalwarts here, Cahal O'Donnell, uh, who's wearing a Sligo Cancer Support Centre sweater and uh, visitors here tonight have kindly been making a little donation towards the Sligo Cancer Support Centre and John O'Mahony I should have referenced it at the start because we're happy to report you've made a full recovery recently from cancer. Yeah I had um, um, a couple of years ago I was developed multiple myeloma but thanks to the grace treatment and so on I'm still around and uh, uh, hope to be around for a few more Connacht Championships. Good to hear. Good to hear. And on that positive note, and John has worked hard for positivity tonight, would you please put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for our Connacht Championship panel, Martin Carney Mayo, Eamon O'Hara Sligo, Barney Breen of Leitrim, John O'Mahony of Galway Mayo, Leitrim and wherever else, and Shane Curran of Roscommon. <laughs> And a reminder, finally, this programme is available as a podcast on OceanFM.ie and wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. We're back next week, same time, different place. Good night.